Welcome to the Thankful Homemaker Podcast, a podcast to be an encouragement and blessing to each other in the role God has called us to as women. I'm so thankful you stopped by, so grab yourself a coffee or tea and sit with me a bit as we talk about how God's Word impacts every area of our lives as Christian women. Hello, friends. I'm Marcy Farrell from thankfulhomemaker.com, and you're listening into an episode that has been on my heart to share for a few weeks now as we continue to find much of our country and really world still in a lockdown mode due to the coronavirus. I titled this episode Encouragement in Times of a Pandemic. This was a hard title to discern, so I ended up sticking with this one. But really, what you're getting from me today are thoughts and things that I personally have been wrestling with this season, ways I've been encouraged, areas I'm struggling with, and some ideas and helps that I've heard and put into practice along the way. I want to lay this out here. I don't have it all together or figured out. And just for the record, I do have my own opinions and my thoughts on the situation, and you may pick up on them, and your opinions may totally differ from mine, and that is okay. But what we do need to agree on as believers, as those of us who are in Christ and have repented and put our faith in Jesus Christ alone for salvation, is the gospel. We need to remember that there is only one way to heaven. It's appointed once for man to die, and then comes the judgment. We're in a season where people are afraid of dying. And the reality is death is upon them, whether or not it's coming from the coronavirus. I mean, statistically, what do we know? 10 out of 10 people die. But the season we're in gives us an opportunity to share the hope that is within us, to share why we can say, along with the Apostle Paul, to live is Christ, but to die is gain. It's not that I'm looking to die or get sick. I mean, I desire to avoid getting the virus. I'm going to take good precautions and take care of my health. I'm going to follow the guidelines of the CDC and the guidelines set out before me by my local government and protect others. But as a believer, I don't need to be concerned or really fearful of death. God's will will be done in my life. And I can live with an open hand knowing that what he ordains is good. It's in his perfect timing. And this brings me to the first area I want to talk about today. It's the sovereignty and the goodness of God. So we've been working through a study on contentment in the Thankful Homemaker Facebook group. And these two truths continue to come up in each study every week. One, because I keep bringing them up. But the reality is they're there. Melissa Kruger and the Ligonier study we're doing on contentment, she continually brings them up. Because for true contentment, we need to know who, capital W, is the source of our contentment. And it is the one true God, the one and only God, the God of the Bible, who was fully sovereign and in control of all things. He's good, and he's just, and he's merciful. And truly, he is working all things for our good and his glory. And I'm all the time I'm quoting Romans 8.28. But I want to continue because sometimes we miss what comes after it. And Romans 8.29, the first part, is the reminder that it's to conform us into the image of his son. And it says, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. So ladies, our God knows just what situations and circumstances and relationships, and this list can go on and on and on that are needed in your life to change you more and more into the image of Jesus. 
and those situations in your life are probably totally different than the ones needed in my life. We can trust the Lord to do good because he is good. So if you find your heart restless and discontent in this season, take the time to study the attributes of God. Make sure you're spending time daily in the word, reading, studying, meditating, and memorizing God's word, keeping it hidden in your heart and mind. So as it says in the Psalm that you might not sin against him. So friends, we're coming at this virus with a different worldview than many of our neighbors and friends, maybe even differently, and I don't mean worldview-wise, but we may have different opinions from people in our own church family how to deal with this. So first off, as believers, we're coming at it with, as I said initially, with a different worldview. And Todd Friel from Wretched Radio had a really helpful helpful episode on Wretched on, I believe it was April 27th, it was a Monday release. And I'm going to link to it. And as I'm saying that, I'm going to have a lot of links in this particular um, show notes. There's probably not, there's not going to be a blog post for this one. It's really just going to be show notes and just the links. And if I've quoted anything, I'll try to remember to throw that in there. But in this particular episode, um, Todd walked through how to differ well with others and why we differ. So... one of the aspects he gave that if all we're concerned about is dying and not so much other people dying, but ourselves dying, we're going to look at this virus and this situation in a very different way than, than those of us who are believers as Christians who hold fast to the sovereignty of God and believing that God, God already knows the day of my death. I don't have to fear death. Jesus overcame death for the believer. So I really in, um, encourage you to Get a hold of that podcast. Take a listen. It'll help you as you're doing. It's a great one to listen to while you're cooking dinner or doing dishes. It's a good one for the whole family to listen to and talk through. Because there are ways to express our opinions in a godly way. And this is the next area I want to go through. Because we know we all have differences. But how do we express these differences in a way that honors the Lord? And you may differ with me the way I'm laying this out. And that is okay, all right? You may differ with me on my view on the way I think of the coronavirus situation. And it is okay to express our opinions where we stand with this. It is okay to express our views politically if it's done in a respectful manner. My concern over all that is what are we more known for? Are we more known for how we stand politically for our stand on Jesus. Because if our political stance is dominating our concern over lost people coming to know Jesus, then we may need a heart check. These are seasons that, for me personally, I need to have a continual heart check. And many times I I can fall, and I I can fall too heavy on the political opinion side. And I I don't like when I go there. And I'm going to tell you when I go there. And this is an area that you have to discern um, yourself. When I go there, I find I'm listening to too much talk radio. I'm reading too many news stories. I'm um, binging on the Facebook feed and seeing all these posts that are just bringing a rise up in me that I don't need to be doing. So when those moments are happening, I know I need to shut it all down and maybe I need to delete those apps off my phone for a season or just say, you know, I'm going to peek in Facebook and post something and get off and do it. And for my blog, I am very um, thankful because I have what's called a post scheduler. So 
um, I can, sometimes I'll do it Sunday evenings before bed, but usually Monday or Tuesday mornings, I'll kind of post for the whole week. And I don't even have to look at it. I will get in though daily to look at comments because that I do want to do. I want to be there for my ladies in my Thankful Homemaker Facebook group. And that's probably where I spend more of my time within that group setting there. But the other outside posts, it's good to just shut off. But I'm saying this, I don't always do that. And it's a problem. And I have to remember me getting, first of all, sinning in my mind and in my thoughts is not helping me, right? It's not honoring to God. And then the other aspect is if I'm getting heated up and I'm feeling the need to post all these things, it's not going to lead anyone to, to, to Christ. It's not going to help them to see Jesus in me. And the other end for me is it just riles up my own heart and causes me to sin. So it's just not a good place to be. So I'm just laying that out. Those are my struggles. I know we all have different struggles in this, but I'm going to say his name wrong. But Paul Tottages said, he had a great quote on Twitter. And I'll put this quote in the show notes. He said, sometimes I wonder if Solomon was thinking about Facebook and Twitter when he penned this verse, fools vent their anger, but the wise quietly hold it back. And that's Proverbs 29, 11. So I don't want to be a fool. I know you ladies out there don't want to be considered a fool. And I'm going to state this. I get everybody's going to be like, oh, there's a righteous anger. But I'm going to tell you, it's pretty rare in these situations that our anger is going to be righteous. So Share your opinion, but when you do, make sure you're bringing it back to the gospel. Make sure that that the worldview that that's the worldview that's underlying the opinion you have. Pray about whether it's even necessary to state your opinion. What good is it going to do? Think that through before you post. Pause and pray before you post. Right. Good. Good reminder for all of us. So, even the other aspects. So. One of the things, like I think the worldview aspect, like there are good things to post about and pursue. I think on abortion and the value of life or the sanctity of marriage between one man and one one woman, these are really good and easy convictions we have on these issues because these are not based on our opinion. They're based on the standard of God's word. And that's the best opinion to be standing upon because it's it's not a, an opinion. I'm, I'm saying that. That's not what I mean because it's truth. So those are good areas to to post and, and talk through because those are also um, areas that are, it's very easy to bring it back to God's word. So we think the way we do, friends, and we have to remember this because God has changed our hearts. The reminder we need to remember is that we too were lost sinners and we we may have viewed the events today very differently had not the Lord opened our own eyes. Our knowledge of the word is not meant to cause us to be prideful or puffed up, but to humble us, knowing always the reminder being it is nothing in us, but it's only by the grace of God that we go. And Dustin Benge, his last name is spelled B-E-N-G-E. He's a great one to follow if you're on Twitter or Instagram. He had a great quote. He wrote it for seminary students, but it's a great reminder for all of us. He said, if seminary makes you a bitter, ungenerous, and critical Christian, it has filled your head, not your heart. So let's make sure, friends, that scripture is filling our hearts. So that's the overflow of our lives. And I want to move into evangelism because this is a really great season. All seasons are great seasons for evangelism, but this is a great one because people are thinking about death. So what are some ways we can reach out to those who don't know Christ? One simple way is to utilize gospel tracts, 
Living Waters always has some good ones, but there's tons of good ones out there. Um, Blanking Gospel Track Planet. There's just some really good ones. You can hand them out to cashiers and store workers as we're visiting the, you know, the essential businesses that we're we're um, going to right now. And I, you know, I don't even know. You know, my mind goes to weird places. I'm like, well, people take something that I've touched, so maybe you have a pair of gloves on when you hand it out. Not that the glove. I'm not even going there. I'm not even going to state my opinion, but. If people take it, they'll take it, right? Not a big deal. We're touching stuff all the time. So I think they would take a gospel track handed by you. But on his Facebook page, I love this. Mark Spence from Living Waters, he had a really great video that he put up. And he was not going to, but Ray Comfort encouraged him to do it to show us a simple way to evangelize and love on our neighbors. And I'll link to it. I don't know how that works with Facebook if you... All can watch it if you don't have a Facebook, but I'll link to those of you that do have Facebook. You can check it out then. But he and his family were determined to bless their neighbors and share the gospel. So they packed up gift bags for each neighbor with all kinds of like food items and paper products. And they had gift cards in there from Chick-fil-A and some card games or board games. And then they wrote a really sweet letter from their family. And they put inside the, with the letter and the envelope, they put inside a gospel track from Living Waters. Then they packed up their car with all these bags and they drove around the neighborhood delivering the packages. It was a very simple way to bless your neighbors. It doesn't have to be as elaborate. It could be a simple note, letting them know you're there if you need anything. Um, At the time I'm writing this, I'm really processing through on something to share with our neighbors. We're on a cul-de-sac. There's about 21 homes here, so I'd love to bless everyone, but I do want to keep it economical. So I'm still working through that myself here. Um, Another simple way to reach out is to just check in on friends and family and your neighbors. Phone calls and texts are great. Cards and handwritten notes are always appreciated. Write someone a long handwritten letter. I mean, who does that anymore, right? I do have a friend from when we lived back in Ohio. Oh my goodness, it's probably been over maybe over 30 years that I'm saying this. It has over 30 years. And this, my friend, she still writes me a handwritten letter a couple times a year, and it really blesses my heart. So my friend Sue, if you're listening, I am so thankful for you, my friend. There's also some really fun apps out there to keep in touch. One of them that I'm new to is Marco Polo, and they can help you keep in touch via video pretty easily. You can also... Utilize FaceTime and Zoom, and really, I encourage you to help your elderly family members to not be afraid of technology. I mean, if they have a computer or a tablet in their home, there is no reason why they cannot be visually spending time with you per, you know, by way of the a video. Um, my husband was able to help a couple of our older church family members this past week to get them comfortable to use Zoom. And he just walked he just walked them through it by phone. So they got on the phone together and he had them get on their tablet or device. And the double blessing out of that was then he and I, once they got on Zoom and we were on Zoom, we got to talk with them and just spend some time with them as they were learning to navigate the new technology. And then it gave us some time to just check in on them and see how they're doing and if they need anything. Take time to drop off care packages to elderly neighbors or friends that can't get out as frequently. Check on them to see, do they need some groceries? Are they lacking? Can they not find toilet paper? I mean, things like that. You can bake cookies and deliver them. 
Get outside and just take a walk in your neighborhood. This is a great way to connect with neighbors as everyone seems to be outside as the weather breaks. For our street here, I noticed after dinner is a good time to catch up with people in person. And, and you know, you're still able to practice social distancing while communicating with them. Okay, we're kind of talking about um, reaching out to neighbors and family and ways to evangelize. But what about loving others within our church family? So you can still love each other from a distance, which is what we're having to do right now. It's hard to do this, but we're one anothering from afar. Simple things again, like phone calls, texts, cards, letters. Utilize Zoom and have a coffee chat with your girlfriends. I think even Facebook Messenger, you can get several people on there at once. Use Zoom for Bible study and other ways you can think of to connect there. I know there's people playing games on Zoom. I've not done that yet. So I've read um, stories to my grandbabies over Zoom and we connect. But our church, we use Zoom for small groups. And it is such a delight to just get to see and hear everyone's voice. I love that. It's not ideal, but it works for the situation we're in right now. And I'm thankful. And every time I think of Zoom, don't you think of things like Hollywood Squares or the, everybody talks about the Brady Bunch. I also think of like the Waltons when we're saying goodbye. It's like, good night, John boy. Good night, Ma. I always think of that. So um, another thought here, our pastor, uh, our pastor Ross, who I am so grateful for. Um, he has just been solid and a rock for all of us and a great example in this season. But our pastor Ross did a great message a couple weeks ago on Romans 13. And I'm going to link that in the show notes um, because you know, I, we're not able to meet right now, but as believers, we are to submit to our local authorities. And this, this issue, if you're on any kind of social media or reading any articles, you can see it's causing division within Christianity. There's so many differing thoughts, but it has to come back to what does God's word say? And at least for now, we're not being persecuted for our faith. Um, because churches aren't allowed to meet, because neither are things like sporting events or movies or plays or any other large gatherings. We are not being singled out. There's a lot of people that always reference Hebrews, um, Hebrews 10, 24, 25, and that we're going against that scripture by not meeting together. And I'm not going to go into depth here. Um, I'm going to share something in a moment, but there are some good articles on this reasoning and why it's not correct. And again, I'm going to, I want to encourage you to listen to my pastor's sermon when you're going about your day. It was just really good. But the verse on meeting together in Hebrews, that verse is a problem. It's a heart problem when you don't want to meet together. It's when your church is meeting and you are choosing not to attend church with other believers, that you're avoiding church. You have no desire to get together. If you're missing your church family being together and you're not able because of these current circumstances, you are not violating this verse, nor is your church for not meeting, but they are obeying the government's rules. You may disagree with me on this. I pray you don't cut me out here. If you do that, you at least hold on to, I get surpassed this because there's some more hopefully good stuff. But <laughs> I want to I just read one passage in scripture. I want to read from 1 Peter um, 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 13 to 17, it says, Be subject, and this is Peter's writing to the elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. So he is writing to people who are being persecuted for their faith. He says, 
We are not being persecuted for our faith. He says, be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor." So friends, if we, if we have issues with how our government is handling things that we're maybe not seeing things or understanding fully, well, you can always contact your officials respectfully and let them know this is a right and a privilege we have as American citizens. And we need to be thankful we live in a country that we can do that. Write your official, share your opinion, make sure you vote. But the reminder always is to do it respectfully. And one other reminder that is a hard truth that we forget, when I came to Christ, I gave up my rights. And I want to share a letter. I've shared it in a previous podcast, but I think it's worth reading again. It um, was taken from Nancy DeMoss Walgamuth's book called Choosing Gratitude, and it was written by a pastor. And this is what he says. This is the start of the letter. He says, and if you're in my... Um, uh, if you're an email subscriber, this letter is printed out for you to print it out. It's in PDF form in my free library, and that's available to um, subscribers at the blog. So you can, if you go to my blog, it's all over there, how to join Thankful Homemaker and have access to the free library. You could just click the free library button on the top, and it'll direct you how to do that. But he says, having been born into the kingdom of God, I do hereby acknowledge that God's purchase of my life included all the rights and control for all eternity. I do further acknowledge that he has not guaranteed me to be free from pain or to have success or prosperity. He has not guaranteed me perfect health. He has not guaranteed me perfect parents. He has not guaranteed me perfect children. He has not guaranteed me the absence of pressures, trials, misunderstandings, or persecution. What he has promised me is eternal life. What he has promised me is abundant life. What he has promised me is love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, meekness, and self-control. He has given me all of himself in exchange for the rights to my life. Therefore, I acknowledge this day the relinquishment of all my rights and expectations and humbly ask by his grace to replace these with a grateful spirit for whatever in his wisdom he deems to allow for my life. Signed me, signed you. So friends, remember today, the Lord has full right to our lives. And as I was sharing that letter, this actually even just reading this, it reminded me of the Apostle Paul. Many of Paul's letters to the church were written while he was in prison. I mean, if anybody is familiar with social distancing and in a really extreme socially distanced way from each other than we have to be, it was the Apostle Paul. And then even so, think through this. As I'm thinking the Apostle Paul in prison, he is a believer in prison. It's making me think of the believers who are in prison, whether they are persecuted in various countries around the world, or maybe they're from your own church body or your church's prison ministry. They could use letters of encouragement too. So I want to share some other practical encouragements. And let me insert an important announcement here. I've stated some ideas above, and I'm going to work through here in a moment. I'm not thinking you're going to do all of this 
or maybe even any of this. <laughs> but but for those of you looking for some maybe some simple ways, I'm hoping you can grab an idea or two. I would love you that when I put this in the Thankful Homemaker Facebook group, this podcast, or when it's on my page, or you see it in Instagram or Twitter, if you have thoughts, share them. I would love that because that helps other people who've had some great ideas of ways that they've been able to encourage one another in these times. But my hope again is if you take nothing else away from this podcast today, that this is the reminder that you hold to that God is sovereign and God is good because this reorienting of your mind on who God is will be a help on not on, on all your days, but on your challenging days too. It doesn't necessarily mean the days ahead will be easy, but you're going to be coming at your days with the right mindset and a reminder that God appoints our portion. I want to go, I want to do a whole podcast on that. And I was hoping this week, but it's probably going to come out more like next week. So look for that one next week. But you want to start your day with an open hand as Mary did in Luke 138 and tell the Lord, may it be to me as you have said. This is where joy begins, friends. When we submit our lives to the one capital O who knows us best and knows exactly what we need. So how can we make the most of our days in practical ways? As maybe we find ourselves home more, maybe some of you have jobs and you're still going to work outside the home and now you're juggling childcare along with work and having the kids home from school. Or maybe you're like me and you already work from home. But whatever season of life that and situation you find yourself in right now, these are just some thoughts I'm going to share. There, they may be many that you're already putting into practice. And they may be ones that you know you need to do and you're not. And hopefully this will give you a boost to get started. And maybe you're good with where you're at. And I'm just thankful you're here with me listening in. So I'm not a pro. I'm sharing here today, not saying I have this all figured out. This is my first pandemic too. I'm botching a lot of things. <laughs> Some days are better than others. But I do know for me personally how much better I function with a plan in place and a day that has some direction. My plan may go all out the window from God's plan for my day. So we all need to remember that his plan trumps ours all the time. And his plan is always the better plan. So I'm going to start with routines. Yes, I'm starting with a routine. I know you all are like, Marcy, come on. But I'm going to make a confession first before I do. I have stayed in my pajamas way too long on many days this past month. <laughs> I mean, it's in my mind, it's not like I'm going anywhere or anyone's coming over. So it's pretty easy for me to justify it to myself. But I can tell you my days when I get up and I go through my normal morning routine are my most productive and I have a right mindset because I've started in the word and I'm dressed and ready for whatever the day brings. Even if it's just a walk up to get the mail or a walk on my road, I am dressed and ready to go. I want to encourage you ladies to to keep up with your home cleaning. I know it can be challenging because nobody's coming over, but your family are those people that you are to love and care for, right? That's our hospitality starts first and foremost with loving on them. And one way we love and care for our families is by also caring for our homes. And always, ladies, I emphasize not perfection, but just tidy and clean to your standards and do it where you need to. And if you do nothing else, take a few moments to tidy up at the end of the day. It gives you a great start for the next day. I'm not going to preach on this, but I am going to link to my podcast on cleaning schedules and some other home care kind of help ones. But in the end, 
you need to figure out a system that works for you and your family. And I'm hoping I'm in the works on um, to get a course up on cleaning systems. That is on my list to do. So I'm I have a lot of things I'm working on. I'm not making a lot of progress yet. So just thought I'd tell you that. <laughs> just um, personally for me though, I, I do function better when my home is tidy and organized. It, it just frees up my time. I can find things. Things are easy to put away, and if I'm keeping it tidy, for me, the cleaning part just doesn't take me very long. So you can also, I encourage you to take a listen to my more recent morning routine podcast I had out this year. It'll help you, and it's a very grace-filled, generous kind of one there to help you get some sort of system in place that works um, for you and your your days. So as we're talking routines here, what about keeping your kiddos on some sort of schedule? Eve, because now you're you've got those kids home from school, right? And you're, or you're homeschooling, and you're home more because you maybe don't have any outside activities going on anymore. So, and Dad maybe is home working. So this this is quite a different season for a lot of our families. But even the kids, and this is a this is one way I like to do it. I I'm not a hard. Um, I say this right? I'm not a hard scheduler, so I'm not going, okay, at nine o'clock, I'm doing this. At 9.30, I'm doing this. I'm kind of a group schedule, so I might schedule it into morning, afternoon, and evening. And I love doing that with my kids. So maybe morning is really simple steps. Like our morning routine is we wake up by a certain time, we get dressed, make beds, eat breakfast, have your family Bible time, chores, and start school. And you have the morning to get that done. So your morning could be from 7 to 10. It could be from 8 to noon, what, whatever your morning is. Maybe afternoon is um, school, you know, finish school time, maybe some time outside, a snack, pick up books, pick up toys before dinner. And then your evening routine is maybe simple as you eat dinner together, clean up the dishes together as a family, you do family devotions. You tidy up the house together before bed, and you have story and prayer time together. Okay, now when I just said all that, that was not meant for you to follow, but you get the idea. It doesn't have to be a rigid schedule, but a very relaxed one, or it could be rigid. If you work better that way, then do that. But whatever it is, have some sort of order to your day. And ladies, I know every day is not going to go like this, but if you have a plan in place, for the most part, most of our days will function that way. It's also going to help your kids when you have, you know, expectations from them and you can lay them out clearly and implement them. They know what's expected. They like that. Kids function well with routines. All right. What about meal planning? Um, are you? It's a great time to start if you're not. I am still a weekly meal planner and I'm continuing to do so during this season. I do get to the store once a week. But my system I use is pretty easy and practical. It removes me having to think so hard about it, so it's pretty fast. I will share a link to my course if you're interested, but for a quick start, at least if you're interested in doing this, grab my free weekly menu planning PDF and then also my favorite family dinner sheet, and it'll help you to start simplifying this task. And I'll link to both of those in the show notes. Okay, my next area I wanted to talk about was just how are you caring for your health? All right, I'm not a natural living blogger. That's not my specialty here, but I do want to address the practical aspect of taking care of ourselves and our family's health in this season. God has gifted us and created us with these amazing immune systems. I don't even understand all the ins and outs, but I know they're pretty incredible. So make sure you're taking good care of your immune system. You know the basics here. I'm going to roll through a few. Eat lots of fruits and veggies, right? Get those greens in. Not my favorite, but I work them in things. 
So get outside and move. Get some sunshine. If you take supplements, make sure you're taking them. Drink your water. Keep up with your exercise plan. You know, if you are if you do something at home and if you normally were a gym goer and you aren't able to get there, make sure you find a way to keep up. I mean, there's tons of resources on YouTube and there's some really good fitness apps out there, some freebie ones too. What about how are you sleeping? Are you in a good bedtime routine? If you're not feeling well, friends, make sure you call your doctor and get some guidance. Don't avoid medical care. I know, yes, I'm sounding like your mother because I am a mother and a grandmother. (laughs) I really care about you all. I want you to take care of yourself and your family to the best of your ability. And as I share this, we know it doesn't mean that even for me, I can do all these things to the best of my ability. It doesn't mean I'm not going to catch the virus or get really sick and die. But I don't mean to be gloomy here, but that is the reality, right? But it's good to try and care well for ourselves and our families in all seasons that we're in. And I know for me personally, I'm most productive and able to meet the needs of my family when my body is functioning to the best of its ability. I have a lot of control over that one. I really do. I'm not going to function well if I'm eating poorly and not getting exercise and proper rest. My highest energy comes when I'm caring well for myself. So friends, my last aspect here, and I think it's the most important, is how do we make the most of these days? How do we live each day with eternity in mind? How do we do that? By setting our minds on things above and not on this earth. So make sure you're scheduling time with the Lord daily and throughout your day. Work hard to keep your time with Him as the most important appointment of your day. Sit with His Word. Spend time in prayer. Study the Bible on your own. Join within a group um, if you can do it within your church or via video or, or however that works out or email or another one online if there's not one going on in your church in this season. Or with some friends, get together and do a group study together. But st- again, I want to emphasize study the word on your own too. I'm going to share some um, good links of resources to begin this in the show notes. Memorize scripture. You can join our group on the Bible Memory app to memorize Romans 8 with us. It's a great way to be accountable with others to work through it. And participate with your church family as much as you can. Make sure you watch the sermon if it's online on Sunday mornings, if your church is able to do that. And get up and get dressed and ready for church as you normally would. You know, you don't have to wear your skirt and your heels if that's what you wear. You could if you want to. But at least get up and get dressed. I know, ladies, you know, I've talked to my daughter and one of my other friends with younger kids. I know it can be really challenging to sit with kiddos on Sunday mornings at home. It's a different atmosphere. But do the best you can. Attend any classes during the week that you can. You know, if your church is having things online, attend the ones that work for your family. It's just good to see your other brothers and sisters and be able to pray with them and be with them and encourage one another. Pray for your pastors and elders in this season. This is really hard for them and there's challenges coming up that they've never had to deal with. Pray, encourage, offer much grace, and thank the Lord for godly leaders in your church. This is a great time to start practicing family worship at home. And I will share a few resources with you to do that. And again, you know, prayerfully ask your husband if if he's not doing this, if he would. Do not badger. Take in a right moment, 
not in a heated moment, ladies, in a right moment, just gently ask and put your petition before him and leave it at that and offer to even, you know, to help to gather resources if he needs any help, if it's something he'd like to do and, and really leave it to the Lord and pray. You can still read God's word with your kiddos during the day. So our lives and how we go about our normal day and activities, that alone is going to speak volumes to our children. I mean, what is our attitude and language at home during this season? Is it one of contentment and trusting in the Lord, or is it one of complaint? Don't miss the lessons to talk through with them on God's attributes, like his sovereignty and his goodness. Discuss how you can communicate with those who hold differing opinions in a God-honoring way. This is good for kids to hear and walk through this. There are always so many teachable moments with our kids. Our children are watching how we walk through the storms of this life, and these are moments to not miss showing them and talking to them how God is faithful. Take moments to pray with them and make sure when you've expressed sinful attitudes or responses to them that you make them right before the Lord and with those kiddos. Plan some fun activities as a family to look forward to. You know, simple things like game and movie nights. And as I'm writing this, one of my friends was having an Olympic-style birthday party for her husband with all sorts of fun activities for the whole family that she planned. You can get out and take nature hikes and neighborhood walks and bike rides together. Um, There's some neighborhoods that are doing some fun things. Social distance, I've seen some fun things on social media. You can read chapter books together. Many of the craft stores and small business craft stores are selling at-home kits you can pick up or have mailed out. There's so many more ideas that that I can even possibly share or honestly think of because I am not the most creative, but you guys, I know I have tons of you who are so creative at this, but basically I'm just reminding you to make the most of this season at home with your family and enjoy it. And my friends, another reminder, if you're really struggling in this season, please make sure you talk to someone, share with your husband and other gospel-centered friends that you have. You can call your pastor and chat with him too. If your family is struggling financially, you need to make sure you let your church know. You need to tell someone. We are here to help one another. Don't battle alone. And you need to make sure you reach out and let the body do what the body of Christ does best. And that's love one another. So this is not an exhaustive podcast on all the areas as believers we're dealing with in this season, but I hope it brought you some encouragement and pointed your heart back to Christ as it did mine as I worked on it. My heart has been grumbly and very complaining. That's not a word, but it's my word lately. And I have not been thankful in and through all things. I have not kept an eternal perspective. It's been selfish and self-centered and you know what? Just plain whiny at times. But I'm reminded of a quote by Nancy DeMoss Walgamuth where she said, we have two choices. We can worship or whine. And Elizabeth Elliot said something similar that we can complain or we can be thankful. We're not doing both at the same time, right? So that is not a good place to be. I don't want to be whiny and complaining. (laughs) I don't want to. I want to be thankful for God's mercy and not leaving me where I am, but continuing to reveal my sin to give me a heart of repentance and remind me that I am his and he is continuing to remove the dross from my life and mold me more and more into the image of his son. Even amid hard days and tears and doubts, God has been faithful as always and he has brought me back to the reminder that he is holding me fast. He loves me with an everlasting love and he has purpose in all things, 
even the hard things. We still have hard days ahead after this coronavirus is all over, and our hope isn't in the government or our health or our job or anything on this earth. It's not even in our relationships on the earth. Our hope is in Jesus Christ and Him alone. And I'm so thankful for the reminder that nothing can separate us from His love. So I pray, friends, as we walk through this moment of our time together, that we won't allow anything to separate us from loving one another well. Starting first with the Lord, those within our, the four walls of our home, our church family, our friends, and our neighbors. Let's be diligent to make the most of our days. Our mission, the Lord has given us as believers doesn't change in a pandemic over what it is normally. We are called to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength and love our neighbor as ourself. And if anything, this pandemic has revealed to me, it's the reminder that life is fleeting. It is a vapor, right? People are afraid of death. And I don't know what the future holds for myself or my family, but I'm so grateful to be known and loved by the God who is in control of all things. There is true rest for my soul in being known and loved by God. And I want to end with a favorite reminder from John MacArthur on making the most of our days. He said, We have only the time allotted by God, and none of us knows when it will run out. Every Christian life runs by his divine timetable and against his divine clock. We do not know how long he will hold open the door of a given opportunity or of our entire time of service. Be careful how you walk, Paul counsels, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. That's Ephesians 5.16. God gives us many things without limit, his love, his grace, and many others, but his gift of time is strictly measured. End quote there. Jesus is enough always, my friends. Thank you so much for your time here today. And if this podcast was and has been an encouragement to you, please, I would so love if you'd share it with a friend. And um, and if you have a moment or two, if you could leave a rating or review, that would be a blessing wherever you listen. And it helps others to find it. And friends, many have found the podcast because of you faithful um, friends who have shared ratings and reviews. So I'm so grateful for that. I'm just so grateful you're here listening in. So I'm thankful that you're here with me. And I do have a resource of the week I want to share. It's called the Bible Memory App. It's the one I mentioned we're using through Romans 8. It's the app I have used for many, many years now. Um, it is free for the first 50 verses, or you have a lifetime cost of $9.99 for unlimited verses. And I believe it is so worth the cost. It's from it's. I know there's tons of them out there, and if you already have one, just ignore me on this. But I believe it's one of the best Bible memory verse apps that I've used. The system reminds me when I use it of kind of the index card system of memorizing verses. You memorize each new verse daily. And then it will move up to every few days, to weekly, to monthly. And you can even set up your own review schedule too. You can customize it fully. You can start groups with friends or church family. You can make them public or private to join. It's just a simple and easy way to memorize God's word. So if you're interested, at least try out the free version and see what you think. And again, my friends, thank you so much for being here with me and have a very blessed week. <music>